like to call up Pastor Gideon up. He's going to be sharing the word of God with us. My favorite time. <laughs> all right. Um, if we can just all just stretch our hands out as we pray for him. Dad, we just want to say thank you so much that you allow us to have, to be able to know more about you. Thank you so much for people like uh, Pastor Gideon who give up their time to come in and teach us what your heart is for us. Dad, I just pray that as he's here on this pulpit, he speaks what comes from you and only you. I pray that he shares your heart with us. And I just pray for the people in this auditorium whose hearts have been prepared to receive it, that, Dad, it just goes into those hearts, just into that soil, Lord, and that we will just chew on this for the rest of this week until it grows. Thank you so much, Dad. We love you so much. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Leah. Good evening. For those who I haven't greeted yet, how's it? It's nice. How's it? Thank you. It's nice to see everybody and just to know that we're all here for one purpose. And that purpose is to come to know the Father in a more deep, intimate way through His Son, Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit moving amongst us. Anybody tonight felt the Holy Spirit move in their lives? Just a few. I trust that. Sorry, I'm just joking. That's a horrible joke. I trust that by the end of tonight that each and every one of you will have the touch of the Holy Spirit and will have an unction of Him inside of you to come closer to God. You know, sometimes you get sermons, and I'm so glad that Leah prayed for me because I was prepping the sermon all week. Jochen, I must be careful because I've got so much to say, and I'm scared that I forget everything. <laughs> um, sometimes... I wish I can literally just step aside and the Holy Spirit can in person come and speak and I think that'll do the sermon, that'll do it justice. Because that's the heaviness that I feel on my heart with the word tonight. I just know that the things we speak on tonight is God's heart. So I'm going to read for us. Whew. Yeah, so I've been wailing here in front. It's crazy. Now I'm going to wail in front of you as well. Just know that, you know, just bear with me. I might preach a bit longer because of crying so much. You see, the title for tonight is, it says, ready. We're in this season of be ready. And tonight it's be ready to be sent. And the first time I heard that that's the title I'm preaching, a couple of weeks back, I thought, I am so excited. I thought of step one, two, three, four, five, how we can be sent, what we can do. So hold yourself tight in your seats because the steps are still coming, but there's a twist. If you bear with me, if you realize tonight, while we were singing, Etienne and I haven't communicated about the songs and neither have Leah and I. We've communicated during the week and you know basically what's going on. But in this week, while I was prepping for today's sermon, for tonight's sermon, I felt God come very drastically and minister to my heart about the Father's heart. And that's where I'm going to be stuck tonight. And you're going to be stuck with that tonight as well. And stuck in a good way. 
We've been singing all night. You're a good, good father. And, and I've written down here, just before I read, we're going to read the whole John 17, so bear with me. Ready to be sent. It could be a couple of steps. It could be so many things, but hope to clarify this for you tonight. It's useless if you don't know why you are being sent and from where you're being sent from. I can be as ready as can be. I can be in the starting blocks, ready to run 100 meters, and they shoot, and it's a 400 meters. Then what? Wrong preparation. So it's so important to be in a place where I know why I'm ready to be sent and from what I'm being sent to where I'm being sent. So let's, re- let's read this. It's... Um, John 17. So if you bear with me, I'm going to read as, as good as I can. If you can please open your devices. It feels so good to say that in the past. It was open your Bibles. If you want to open your Bible, you're welcome. John 17. And um, uh, yeah, John 17. And it starts in verse 1. <clears throat> After Jesus said these things, he looked towards heaven and prayed. So just the background quickly of what's happening here. Jesus is praying for himself. And then he's praying for his disciples and some more for the future believers. So that's where this is coming from. That's what we're going to read about. After Jesus said these things, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Give glory to your son so that your son can give glory to you. You gave the son power over all people so that he could give eternal life to all those you have given to him. And this is eternal life, that people can know you, the only true God, and that they can know Jesus Christ, the one you sent. I finished the work you gave me to do. I brought you glory on earth, and now, Father, give me glory with you. Give me the glory I had with you before the world was made. You gave me some people from the world. I have shown them what you are like. They belong to you, and you gave them to me. They have obeyed your teaching. Now they know that everything I have came from you. I told them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They realized the fact that I came from you and believed that you sent me. I pray for them now, and I am not praying for the people in the world, but I'm praying for these people you gave me, because they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and my glory is seen in them. Now I'm coming to you. I will not stay in the world, but these followers of mine are still in the world. Holy Father, keep them safe by the power of your name, the name you gave me. Then, sorry, that was weird. Yeah, the glory you gave me. Mm, Sorry, let me just get to my place again. There we go. Because they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And my glory is seen in them. Then if we skip, we go down. And he says in verse 12, While I was with them, I kept them safe by the power of your name, the name you gave me. I protected them. And only one of them was lost. We know who that was. The one who was sure to be lost. This is... This was to show the truth of what the scripture said would happen. I am coming to you now, but I pray these things while I'm still in the world. I say all of I say all of this so that these followers can have the true happiness that I have. 
I want them to be completely happy. I have given them your teaching, and the world has hated them because they don't belong to the world, just as I don't belong to the world. I'm asking you to take them out of the world, but I'm asking that you keep them safe from the evil one. They don't belong to the world, just as I don't belong to the world. Make them ready for your service, through your truth. Your teaching is truth. I send them to you in the world, just as you sent me into the world. I am making myself completely ready to serve you. I do this for them so that they also might be fully qualified for your service. It's interesting, Jesus praying a prayer. First, if you, if you, if you go to your Bibles, the prayer for himself is about this, this much. Now, I feel like I'm fishing. You know, when a guy fishes, he says, I caught this big fish. Okay, so all the fishermen would understand that and would have caught the little fish here that you actually caught. But the paragraph Jesus prays for himself is about day long. And the rest for everybody else is this. And I don't know if you realized how many times he says, I sent them. I've taught them. Did you catch that? I want to focus on paragraph three again. And then I'm going to go through this and speak to you just where we're at. Because this whole scripture is a conversation. You know, it's interesting This prayer is just before Jesus was led to be betrayed by Judas, and he knew this. So if there's ever a time where you think, tonight might be the last time I see this person before I pray for them that they go on this mission trip somewhere, this is my prayer. This was Jesus' prayer. This was the seriousness of this prayer that he had. So in verse 3 he says, this is eternal life, that people can know you, the only true God. Father. Here's the gospel right here. And that they can know Jesus Christ, the one whom you've sent. And then he says, I finished the work you gave me to do. First, I was driving with the kids to school. Well, sorry, yeah, I always drive with the kids to school. They don't walk. Um, we stay a bit far. But I was driving to school with the kids. I was dropping them off. And I said to them, do you realize that this is it? We don't live a life so we just can be happy, cushy foot, you know, go through life and it's happy, happy. We were made to be in relationship with the Father. That's it. And the only way we can get there is through Jesus Christ. That must sink in really deep into our spirits. That that's it. So whatever happens, wherever we go, it's Jesus that came so that we can be with the Father. That's the main reason. That's the gospel. So that we can be in relationship, in right standing with the Father. I was challenged. Someone asked me this yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. So just to give you a bit of background. So Monday night, we had life changes. And in life changes, um, while Pastor Gideon, he's not here tonight, he's at a, at a um, children's home once every month. So he was sharing on the Father's heart. And when he was sharing that, I realized my sermon is changing. Because I'm thinking, we need, to be, we need to be sent. This is the steps to be sent. And all of a sudden, the Father's, father start dealing ruthlessly with my heart regarding he, him and him being my father. And as Gideon was sharing, Pastor Gideon was sharing, It was so amazing how he shared how he loves his son. I'm not going to point to his son. 
but how much he loves his son. And um, it's incredible to hear when a father speaks of his son that you can hear in his voice, I love my son. And then you get a little glimpse of what Father God probably says when he says, here is my son whom I've sent to you. I love you that much. Isn't that incredible? So we're driving to school, and I share this with my, my boys. And, um, you know, just the whole thing regarding that. And I realized in this first paragraph, it's not just Jesus saying, Lord, I've done everything you asked me to do, and let them come to you, and you are the one why, the reason I came so they can be with you. Something that stood out very strong for me in this is Jesus' obedience. He came, he was sent by the Father, and he came being obedient to what the Father told him. In other passages, you'll hear Jesus say, I do nothing I didn't see my Father do. So the obedience is so important. Obedience pleases God pleases the father and I'm thinking with my relationship with my son the other ones at home it's really so nice when you ask them to do something they do it they were just obedient to taking out the dustbin it's a small example but it's a big thing in our house the dustbin taking out you know it's always there in the corner and it's just such a pleasure when you're obedient to what you've been asked to do and quite interesting this was Tuesday, so Monday night that happened, and Tuesday morning. I'll get to the points or the, the point later. You'll understand. I'm talking to you like we're in a lounge. Bear with me. So what happened was Tuesday morning, I'm at home because that's where I like to prep my sermon, and I sit down and I start prepping the sermon. I read this first passage, and God said to me, he's like, you want to talk to the people about obedience, but this and this and this is in your heart that you have not been obedient to. And I realized, I put down the paper, and the thing that I know that's in my heart isn't small for me. It's, it's like serious. You know, you, sit, you sometimes, you get different stages in your life where you're obedient, where God really challenges you with something. Maybe it's like you got born again. Now you know you need to get baptized at some stage, but the Bible says you be born again, and then you get baptized. So when is that? The moment you get born again, you get baptized. So now you need to take a step of obedience. And for many people, that's a huge, huge step. But then after that step, it doesn't stop there. There's other places in your life where God will also challenge you to be obedient to his word. Because sometimes my disobedience is blocking what God has got for me on the other side. And it takes my step of obedience, my step of faith, to unlock something that God has got for me. So I put down the paper and I walk into the house and I, I said to Olivia, for you who don't know, that's my wife, she's not here tonight. I said to Olivia, I cannot carry on with this unless I'm obedient and I know what I need to do. And I completely stopped preparing my sermon. And Wednesday morning, I, I couldn't do it immediately. And Wednesday morning, I went and I active, acted upon what I felt God said in my heart to do. And it was incredible the release I felt when it was done. My, <laughs> it was a big thing. My, one, at some stage, you'll, you'll, yeah, I'll, I'll probably have an opportunity to share with you. It's very personal. 
but we were driving to school and I was sitting in the car just we were listening to Stephen Furtick on the Wednesday morning driving to school and as we're driving I just start crying and I see Aiden in the back because he and Rock shotguns in the morning you know and Rock shotguns from the moment he wakes up because he wants to be first in front of the car so sometimes I have to bulldoze him and say your brother is older than you you stay in the back now but um Aiden is just so caring he just lets him sit in front but um I just started weeping. Now I'm trying to hold this back because I'm also driving. And I get to the school and Agent just looks at me with his big eyes. He hugs me and I go. And um, I don't want to get sidetracked too much because I've got another story that comes to mind. You know, we cry often as Christians, as men. Leah, you said it earlier. that We don't always, you know, in the past they didn't cry. I've got a friend that's like a, a hardcore man, Christian. The other day he called me a softie. And I looked at him like, why? He says, you and all those other guys that keep on crying, you softies. <laughs> and I laughed at him. He says, I've never cried. But, and then he said something. Listen to this, all the guys that cry. He said something. He says, although you softies, I have never seen warriors in the spirit like all you guys that cry so easily. So you can clap for yourselves. All the guys that don't mind crying, because God moves you. It's things that God moves in your heart. Many times, I'm a man. I'm not going to move. You know, and, you know, I need to be a warrior. You know? But actually, when you just break down and allow God, but God, you know, and surrender Him. So anyway, so I got to school. So I told you I'm going to get sidetracked. So I got to school. I just barely made it to my office. And I wept because I knew this was such a big thing to do, but I did it. And I want to encourage you guys here tonight. If, if you are sitting here and there's something in your heart where you know you need to be obedient to something that the Father has told you to do. And I'm not tell, talking about, I'm really not talking about sinful things. You understand what I'm saying? Things that will cause you harm. I'm talking about the Father told you to do this. Maybe it means you need to go forgive. This is how you gauge with the Lord's voice. Maybe you need to go and forgive someone. Maybe you need to walk up to someone and say, I have been feeling to bless you with this for so long and I've been holding back. I'm sorry. Or maybe it's just a relationship that needs to be mended. Maybe it's a relationship that needs to be ended. But to be obedient to that because the freedom that comes after the obedience is something that doesn't harm you. It's something that brings you closer to the Father. You see, in everything, Father wants, if I want to be more like Jesus, because we all say that, make me more like Jesus. If I want to be more like Jesus, it means that I need to be close to the Father and do everything the Father tells me to do. A friend of mine challenged me yesterday. He says, Gideon, who are you? He talks in a different accent. So I look at him and I'm like, what do you mean, you know? And he says, who are you? And I'm going to answer you guys here tonight with that. I am a son of Father God. First, you are sons and daughters of Father God. First, now remember, we're talking about be ready to be sent. I need to know from where I'm coming from to be able to be sent. If I don't know my position in Christ and who am I am in Christ through Christ, that I now am with the Father at His feet from where I can be sent. How am I going to be sent? Am I just going to walk and do what I think needs to be done and what's right? 
And I'm not saying that you should stay at home and wait for the father to speak to you and then go to work. Because three hours after your work started, your boss says, uh, where are you? Now I'm hearing from the Lord. <laughs> you fired. No, but I'm hearing from the... No. You can hear from the Lord as you drive to work. Or you can make time earlier and get up a bit earlier. And spend time with the, with the Lord to hear from the Father. So that's the first part. Being obedient to the Father as Jesus was. So that I can be ready to be sent. And before I carry on, I um, want Leah to come up. She's got something that I... In the week, she shared something with me, what she felt for tonight. And I thought, Yo, that's, that's very fitting for tonight. So before I carry on with the last bit in my conclusion, I want her to please share that with you guys. Okay, so um, anyone who knows me knows that I hate coffee. Uh, I know that's a random statement to start with. I'm so sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have started with that. So, who loves coffee? Yay! Okay. <laughs> um, all right, but for myself, I... Just, I can't handle the caffeine. It just, I get headaches. Yeah, coffee and me, not friends, okay? But, um, so I was sitting, I think a few weeks ago, and I was just thinking around the service, and the Lord just brought this picture in my mind, a coffee bean. So I'm like, Lord, you know I hate coffee. Why are you going to bring this to me? Like, what must I do with it now? You want coffee? (laughs) So then... I just packed that image, and then uh, during this week, I was studying, as a good student should be doing, and I was there by my laptop, and you know how, and I know some students will know, you get onto YouTube, and the next thing, instead of studying, you're watching how to feed a baby giraffe or something, like, you know, just something random, hey, like, <laughs> just get distracted. Anyway, it was one of those moments, I was trying to study, and um, just... The Lord just dropped it in my heart, like, just find out who, who discovered coffee. So I was like, oh, okay, but, like, I don't know where this is going to take us. So I went and I Googled who discovered coffee. And then there was this story, and I really got into it. It was quite interesting. So I started reading this story. Apparently, this is how coffee was discovered. So there was this Ethiopian shepherd looking after his goats out in the field. And there was this tree, the cocoa tree, or whatever you pronounce it as, I don't know. And did you know this coffee comes from a fruit? It's actually this red fruit. It looks like a berry or something like that. It's a berry. Yeah, so whenever you drink coffee, you're drinking fruit salad, ne? <laughs> anyway, I thought that was amazing. So I was like, what? That is, that is where coffee comes from? So... He was observing his goats eating these fruits. And after seeing them eating the fruits, they started acting weird. Now, I'm trying to picture this. So I'm like, were they laughing? (laughs) What was going on? They were just running all over the place. So he went to the tree. He took some and he ate some. And then he found himself being hyper and running all over the place. So he decided to take a couple of them back to his village. And he took them to the religious uh, leaders there in his village. And they were there and they also ate some. But then they found out that it was disturbing them as they were trying to pray. And so they just signed it off like, no, this is, this is of the devil. We're going to burn it because we can't meditate. And so they went and their plan was to burn these fruits. And as they were there burning the fruits, I can just picture these men in robes. And they're just standing there. And so as they're burning them... 
the smell that came from there. They were all like, like maybe we made a mistake. <laughs> and so after they smelt the aroma, they decided, no, we're going to take these fruits and we're going to put it in hot water. And then that's how coffee was born. And so I was just sitting there, I'm like, yo, Lord, that is really interesting. But then what does that have to do with this Sunday and what and whatnot? And it was like, this is similar to the gospel story. So I'm like, oh, well, in what way? So when the gospel came about, it was a new teaching. You know, it was something very different to what the people had been used to, especially the Jewish people. They had never known a concept of God being a father. It was just so strange for them. So some people reacted very differently to the gospel. Some people accepted it wholeheartedly. Others tried to kill it, you know, just like the burning of those coffee beans. But what resulted from that was actually the expansion of the gospel. And we came to this place here now where all of us here can say we've known God because of a few people who the Lord had chosen to send out. And so, yeah, that's what I had to share with you guys today. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Thanks again, Leah. I wanted to share that story because it fits into where we're going to now. It's, remember the twist, step one, two, three, four, I'll get to that. The thing is, Pastor Luis said it this morning, and I want to show, say it tonight. How many of us, we're probably roughly about 2, 220 in here tonight, if I look roughly. Um, 120 people were in the upper room. When the Holy Spirit came. And we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And 120 people went out. And here we are. How many years later? Something happened in them. And what she spoke about, that aroma that comes. And our aroma is the joy of the Lord. When I am going through the toughest of tough times, and I, I just, we, we've been praying for each other. We know how many people have gone through tough times this, just this week. But yet, we can smile with each other. We walk with each other. We have joy with each other. We do something together that the world struggles to understand. And I've been in a situation before where I walk might be very personal, I won't say you where, but I, I usually walk into a place where we, I meet a guy every day, because that's just how it works, in the CrossFit box, anyway, let's just go there, and every time he sees me, I'm like, hey, how are you doing, and it's like all smiles, the one day, this guy, as rugged as he is, he's not born again, says, why are you always happy, why are you always smiling at me, you know, and I said, what do you mean? And I was challenged. <laughs> and I said, you know, I've got a joy inside of me that I cannot help but show people. Because, and this is why, we with the Father at the Father's feet. And when I'm with the Father at the Father's feet and He tells me to do something, I go out from there and I've got joy because I've got the joy of salvation. And this is in my final piece tonight that I want to read to you, and then I'm going to come to a conclusion. Because I want to give time tonight. Prepare your heart so long. We don't do this as often. Uh, maybe I'll share this now. 
Pastor Gideon shared something Monday night. I told him I'm going to use him so much in the sermon. He's not here tonight. I would have let him share. There's so many times where we go and read or we go and listen to music or we just go and sit and pray. But how many times do we just actually go and sit at the Father's feet and clear our thoughts and minds and everything and say, Father, I'm with you. I love being with my son, just sitting with him. Don't have to talk, don't have to do anything, just sitting with him. And I'm going to, at the end of tonight, give us opportunity for each and every one of you to be able to do that. <clears throat> Verse 15, it says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I'm asking you to keep them safe from the evil one. Now, I know things happen in life, but he speaks of the evil one there. So in my mind, life happens. You do bump your toe. You do fall off a building. You, you understand? There is things that happen in life. <laughs> it happens. Okay, I like to use extreme examples. But he says here, keep them safe from the evil one, the devil. They don't belong to this world, just as I don't belong to this world. But yet, Jesus sends us into the world as the Father did. He says here, make them ready for your service through your truth. Your teaching is truth. I have sent them into the world just as you sent me into the world. I'm going to give you two analogies, and then I'm going to close. For, hopefully there's mountain bikers or cyclists in here or people that know. So two analogies. You all have heard of this saying there's a slipstream if you're behind a car or a bicycle or something. Anybody? Okay, so... What happens is, when you cycle in a cycle race, you find that sometimes there's like five, six, or seven guys going in a row. And at the back, the guy at the back, he's like cruising. He's not even, you know, pedaling. It's just like so in the slipstream. But there comes a time where this guy goes past. And he goes to the front, and everybody follows him. Okay? So Jesus came as the Father sent him. He came. And the disciples were in his slipstream. Okay. So what happened was then they go to the upper room because he commanded them to wait. And they waited for the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit came, second analogy. So those of you who have ever played their game Gran Turismo. Okay. They say it's very realistic. It's one of the most realistic car playing games there is. I had a friend when we worked in Incredible Connection. When he would race around the track. He used his car behind another car. His car could only do like 300 kilometers an hour because it's a game. And then what happened is, just before the end, he would shoot past. And with that slingshot, that's funny. With that slingshot that he shot past, he went over 300, almost 400 kilometers an hour. Acts says the Holy Spirit will empower us to witness. So our slingshot was the day of Pentecost. When Jesus said, it's better for me to go because the one that's coming in my place, you need the Holy Spirit. It's better for him to be here. And we were slingshot forward, or the disciples were. And here's the thing. We being sent into the world like he sent them into the world. Now we need to go into the world. And we train disciples. And this is where the thing comes in. I don't have steps. Conclusion, there's one step. 
stay at the feet of the Father. If you're at the Father's feet, if I'm at the Father's feet, and I hear what He says to me, if my two boys are playing in front of me, they don't normally say funny things. And if they do, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. you know, I can, I've got my eye on it. But when they're alone, that's usually when things stir. My conversations with people is different when I see myself at the Father's feet and now I need to talk to my brother or sister. Conversations change. And from there, if the Father says, I want you to go to this person at work, not to talk Christian knees, but to be there for them. They just need someone to touch their shoulder and say, are you okay today? I notice. Wow. Incredible. So then we slingshot past. And when I slingshot past, it means that now I've got people that I need to disciple as I'm being discipled. It's an ongoing thing. It's never me. It's never, I can never say I've done it because it's always about Jesus. Nothing I do can be done out of my own. Not even my salvation. So now I go and I disciple these people and at some stage they slingshot past me. So here's what happens. In the process of this, of us being slingshot past each other, things happen like, oh, but you've got a gift of discernment. Wow, I need you to use it here. And it happens here and the Father says, discern this. Or the Father says, you've got a gift of prophecy. I need you to prophesy over this person. So that's things that you need to go and sit at the Father's feet and go and sit with other people at the Father's feet and learn what the Father wants you to do, what you're calling at that moment. Because we've got a couple of callings, not just one. Our primary purpose is to be in relationship with the Father, bottom line. That's your calling, that's your purpose, that's it. From there you might get married, might, but now you've got a calling towards your family as well. I've got a calling to be a son to my father. I've got a calling to be a father to my son. So what I want us to do tonight, there's two prayers I want to pray. I want us to close our eyes right now. Um, if you were sitting here tonight and you're thinking, but okay, I want to also be with the Father, but I've never, ever accepted Jesus as my Savior. I've never, ever said Jesus or realized that it's only by Jesus that I can come to the Father. The prayer is simple. Just while you're sitting there, say, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I surrender my life to you. I realized I can't do it on my own. Forgive me. And I want to be with the Father from now on. Be my Lord and Savior. And I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, or if you rededicated and prayed that prayer again, really, come to the host table afterwards, or come to the people, all the prayer team that's going to be in front, and say, I've prayed that prayer tonight. Pray with me. We really want to get your details and connect with you. Because when I got born again, I had people that came alongside me when I gave my life to Jesus. And they taught me and they loved me and they taught me how to follow the Father. Because now what do I do? Now I know the Father, but what do I do with that now? You need God-fearing people in your life that will walk this road with you. 
So will you please do that if you prayed that prayer? Then, I'm going to dismiss the service to say that you're welcome to go home. But like I said earlier, I don't want anybody here to leave unless you have had a touch of the Father. And I felt to do something prophetically tonight. If you feel, I just need to feel Father's love. I want to encourage you. I've asked the prayer team and the leaders already to be in front. I want you to just come and stand in front, sit in front, kneel in front, do whatever you want, but come to the front. And all I ask the leaders is to do, you just sit and put their hand on your shoulder. Because I really feel God wants to have you feel his hand on your life tonight. Is that okay? Let's make it a sensitive moment between you and the Father. When last have you just come to his feet and said, here I am. And you actually felt someone put his hand on your shoulder or her hand on your shoulder and start praying for you. Because we are God's hands and feet. And sometimes you just need a touch from someone else so that they, you can experience God in a whole new way. Is that okay? So Lord, I pray that as people come forward now, I also pray for the people that's going home tonight and, and for us in the rest of the week. Father, that we will sit at your feet and from there, Lord, that we will be obedient to whatever you tell us to do because we've got the joy of your salvation, Jesus. And that what, however it looks like in the week, we'll share that with the people around us. I pray, Father, that people will, that you will stir joy in their hearts again. Hope, joy, peace. And if the situation seems too heavy that we find ourselves in, that the joy of the Lord will be your strength and that that scripture will be revelation and come to life for you in your life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to go, you're welcome. For the people that feel that they need prayer, please come forward. We're here to pray for you. Amen.